Hey guys, welcome back to Ask For Me In My House. I'm Elena. And I'm Jordan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys so much for all the love that you guys gave us on our last episode. You guys bumped us up to the top 50 podcasts. Are you serious? Of our category, yeah. So we're in the spiritual and religious category and now we're in the top 50. So thanks. I didn't even know that. Yeah, we're like next to, um, oh, who were we next to? Ugh, now I can't remember, but we were next to someone that people know. A well-known person. I'm sure if they're in the top <laughs> 50, they're well-known. <laughs> We're undeserving to be next there to There are some people that are like really well-known. I want to say they're in the top 50 and guess what? <laughs> We're alongside them now. <laughs> After just one episode, it'll probably go back down to like zero bottom of the barrel soon. Uh, but yeah, but Especially after this episode. No, we're <laughs> very excited about today's episode. Absolutely. Um, we are going to be doing a actual Bible study. So it's been a hot minute since we've done, I don't wait, no, we've never done a Bible study on here. We've talked about how we study the Bible a few different times. One yeah. one time we did like a, kind of like a general, here's like a basic understanding. And then just about a month ago, I'd say we took a little bit more in-depth look. It was more complex and analytical. And what Malay and I were, as we're planning for this episode, we started to think, okay, do we really want to do all this like heavy, deep, expository, exegetical study? What's expository? Where you're taking like a verse by verse, like breaking it down into the most complex little minutia, mm-hmm. very, very detailed look. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, yes, the Bible's deserving of that that's that's how we're supposed to read and and understand and study the bible right is to look at all the little complexities and intricacies but we thought it would actually be better to do just a little bit of preliminary work so we've obviously have some things prepared and and, an outline that we're trying to look at as we're kind of reading through this but we didn't want this to be us preaching or teaching you guys we just wanted this to simply be us taking a look at the scripture with you. Yeah. If that makes sense. As if like you guys are in our living room right now and we're doing a Bible study together. Exactly. So we're just kind of helping facilitate or guide mm-hmm. the study and yeah. maybe raising some questions or pointing out some things that we didn't look at the first time, but mm-hmm. after, you know, three, four, five, ten times reading through and looking at different sources and commentaries, which we're going to bring up and we'll mm-hmm. also link at the description box. Yeah. It just helps to bring the scriptures to life. And even Milena mm-hmm. was saying as we're studying yesterday a little bit, preparing yeah. for it. She's well, like, I wasn't too excited about doing a Bible study on John 3. Nothing against John, but like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's some juicier things out there. And I was a little, I don't know. It can be very daunting, boring, may I say, um, when you think about just reading the Bible. And some of you might be like, oh, and others of you can 100% relate. Like, it's mm-hmm. not always the most exciting thing to do, you know? Um so I was a little like, eh, but as we started doing it and as we started reading it through, the Bible is just such a good book, guys. It was just, it brings itself to life. It is a living, God's living word. Um, and I started to get really excited. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. I've done a couple of things similar to this on my YouTube channel a while back and you guys really seem to enjoy it. So we're basically going to do that again. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think. You're spot on, honey. It's hard to look at the scripture at times and be like, okay, what do these Levitical uh, rules and dietary laws and restrictions have to do with Mm -hmm. my life today? And that's a fair point. But at the same time, we're also, uh, you know, can really find some great insights and little hidden treasures if we apply ourselves and and really seek to understand God through his word. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, you're, you're hit the nail on the head. Um, and just like last episode, if you guys take a screenshot of you listening to this and post it on your Instagram story and tag us, um, you have a chance to win free coffee. Jordan picks about five to 10 people um, every week. So free coffee for you guys, free little plug for us. <laughs> um, but make sure to let us know what it is that you enjoyed about that episode or um, why you listen to our podcast, just like a little something, something in there. So before we do start today's episode, though, we are going to do another tea time. Mm. Key the, what is it? The, there you go. <laughs> the kettle too is too loud. Hot, my sis. ear, honey. The kettle is 
piping hot. We're going to do a tea time just to kind of keep things lighthearted and fun and give a little entertainment before we dive in. So I'm going to be asking Jordan a couple of questions that you guys sent in on Instagram. And they're going to be juicy questions. He doesn't know what the questions are, so he didn't have a chance to like think of an answer and like know what to say. I'm a little nervous now. I wasn't nervous earlier, but now I'm a little nervous because it's actually happening. <laughs> it's okay. All right. First question comes from Kim Jordan, and she asked, most difficult thing to deal with Milena while pregnant? Kim, I love your last name. I would say <laughs> the most difficult thing to deal with while Milena is pregnant is her hormones, just <laughs> like a roller coaster. Sometimes she's super lovey and in the mood and just all clingy, touchy-feely, which I like. And then other times she's like pushing and like it'll be two in the morning or two, in, yeah, two in the morning and I'll like want to you know, hug her or spoon with her and she like just throws and like flails <laughs> and elbows me and kicks me. Get off of me. Oh, I'm trying to sleep. If you're pregnant, you know how this is. I sleep so lightly and when he comes to try to snuggle me, it wakes me up. A best way I can describe. I honestly thought you would say the most difficult thing to deal with is my lacking sex drive. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, given the right circumstances... <laughs> The forecast and the conditions being right, you know, we can work around that. Mm, okay. But you're, yeah, your your hormones, you're like a, a Sour Patch kid, you know, first they're, <laughs> first they're sweet, then they're sour, 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 then they're sweet yeah. kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's Melanda to a T. <laughs> Get it? T? Huh. Okay. <laughs> no, don't do that again. My ears, my ears, okay, my ears. Sorry. <laughs> okay. What is your worst habit? Uh, my worst habit is being time optimistic. Which Milena never which, lets me forget. <laughs> so time the, optimism, that's like a the, fancy... It, no, it's fancy words for I'm always late for everything. I just lose track of time. I think I... I so time optimism means... Well, let's just break down the etymology of the phrase. Time, right? Optimistic, like thinking on the bright side or glass half full. Mm -hmm. So I think with my time, I have more time to do something or that something will take me less time than it actually will yes so i think i can do a lot more in a short amount of time than i actually can mm -hmm. and, and i just think that way and then i'm like oh wait i gotta run to this appointment or oh no i gotta do this or oh melana told me to do that i thought i was gonna be done by now and then melana's like why is this not done why is this swing from the ukraine not hung from the rafters <laughs> of our roof yet for alathea <laughs> uh -huh. things like that so yeah, I will. I'm not a procrastinator. I just try to do too much in a too short of time. Yeah, I don't give myself realistic amount of time. Like Jordan's to do list every day is so long, and then I think he probably gets like three of those things done. If huh. if there's always something that comes up, that's kind of what I'm learning as I'm getting ma more mature. I'm I'm less of a an idealist and more of a realist, mm. and I'm starting to realize like, yeah, um, I can't get this done today. There's no way that's getting done this month. Like, you know, things like that. So yeah. I try to just do what's most pressing and what's most urgent and what Milana asks me to do. Oh. I said try. Brownie I said points. try. No, that was good. That's good. good but good, I good. also am trying to give, like, myself contingency built in. Like, okay, this just came up or, oh, no, that happened or whatever. And know okay. that that's going to happen in life. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> See that him answering that question alone tells you a little bit about his time optimism. Okay, next question comes from Tina Delina, and she asks if you could change one thing about Milena, what would it be? Hmm, what would it be, honey? Let's hear it. That you didn't have an obsession with popping my pimples. Oh, okay, but like it's not as bad as it once was. When we were in high school, it was so much worse. Oh well, yeah, is my now. skin was worse then too. Mm. Like now I'll get the occasional pimple on my cheek or my shoulder or something and Melinda comes up and it's, you might as well take a steak knife and just drive it into my body. <laughs> that's what it feels like. I like popping pimples. I've always, I've She'll just come up and like squeeze. And I'm like, ah, and I scream. And I then also she's think like, Jordan has you're a such a baby. Yeah. You have a low pain tolerance. It, yes. I feel like a l all men have very low pain tolerance. That's why the Lord has us women giving birth, not men. Are you sure it has nothing to do with the fact that woman ate the apple <laughs> yeah. slash whatever forbidden fruit it was yes 
I think that's more where it happens. Mm, okay. Next question. This actually comes from Celeste Humbird. Heard of her. <laughs> she, Celeste, if you guys don't know, Celeste and Stefan are currently living with us. And she asked. So they're, what, they're my cousins, by the way. Yeah. What is the worst thing about living with Stefan and Celeste? <laughs> oh, man. Spill the tea, sis. <sighs> this one. There's just there's, there's so many <laughs> there's so many things that I hate about living with them. I can't narrow it down. Um, I would say just not having our schedules all aligning perfectly. Mm. Because I feel like there's always something that someone has to do and it's hard to get a lot done, especially because we all work from home. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's been really good to get off site a little bit at times yeah. and go to a coffee shop or go to a restaurant and we're all like focused on the same thing, kind of like a divide and conquer. Yeah. Because I like to know what everyone else is doing. Not that I'm nosy. It's just like, how can I help this person unless I know what they have going on? Like with you, honey. Mm. I know this is yeah. about Stefan and Celeste, but um, that and... <laughs> it was only one. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I did that on purpose, but No. Yeah, I would just say trying to get on every, everyone on the same page. It's a struggle, you know? And yeah. That's what happens when you live with other people that are ha- their own family and like they're my extended family, but they have their own, obviously them too. Mm-hmm. And just trying to get on the same page. I feel page. like it would be a little different if we didn't work together. Yes. Right? We work if together. They, like, we live together. We have fam- we're literally a family with each relationship. Other, like 24-7. Because everyone's home all day long. It's not like we leave to go to other jobs and they leave for other jobs. Like we do the same thing. Yes. So... But yeah. that was probably the the most severe indictment on their part <laughs> that I have. So, okay. Well, those are all the questions. Good job, honey. Are you were you as scared? You did good. Yeah, it was fine. We'll get some juicier ones next time. Okay. All right. So let's let's dive into this. All um. Right. So before we do any episode, we always start with prayer. So we would definitely encourage you guys to pause this for a second and just pray. As yeah, well. you, you can pray along with us. We'll we'll lead into. Oh, it. you want to do another prayer? Yeah, oh, we're praying oh, twice. Extra Woo! Christian over here. <laughs> extra. Okay. Yeah. Spiritual. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we we just never crack open our. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say it's like a superstitious thing. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I just have a peace and a just a controlling and a grounding in my spirit when I pray even before I crack open the Bible. And I know that might sound a little like weird or mystical to people. I, I don't mean it that way. I just say I always want to go to the writer and the author of the word before I start reading his word. Yeah. So even before we open up the Bible and start our prayer or, or start our discussion or our study, mm-hmm. uh, we start with a prayer. So Yeah. And then in addition to that, if you're listening to this um, and you're at home or something, find a little cozy spot, grab a water, go to the bathroom, grab a coffee, um, grab your Bible notebook, um, and just kind of get things ready. That's Absolutely. just a little, that's what I always like to do. I always like to be comfortable when I'm reading the Bible. I always like the environment to be good. Yeah, you kind of want to set yourself up for setting the, the scene or setting the mood for a study, right? Like yes. you don't. Some people work better with like ambient noise and stuff, but you just got to find what works better for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you like a little white noise or some soft music or uh, just complete quiet, it's hard, kind of hard, especially if you're, you know, a parent or mm-hmm. live with other people like roommates or whatever. Yeah. So just really finding the time and setting that aside, even if it's early in the morning, which sometimes it has to be, or most mm-hmm. of the time, that's why a lot of people do early morning or late at night. That's why I do it in the morning. Yeah, just because you're kind of up before the world or you're still up after the world's gone to sleep, that kind of idea. It sets the mood for your entire day, too. So, yeah, those are just little tips for you guys just to prepare our hearts and get things ready as we come before the Lord. Absolutely. But before we jump into the study, I just want to tell you guys quickly about one of our sponsors, Laurel Springs. Now, Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade, and they recognize that each child is unique unique with their own personal interests, special talents, unique learning style, and their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses. Now, this is something Milan and I have actually been talking about and kind of going back and forth as we've been 
kind of bouncing ideas around as what are we going to do with Alethea because she's already won. Like, I don't know where that year went, but, uh, you know, she's getting ready to go to preschool in a couple of years and then public school maybe or homeschooling maybe or private school. You know, there's all these different options that we're kind of talking about. And Laurel Springs is actually something that's great because it gives us more control over the content and the material that our, our children are learning about. So it's a little bit more of a direct hands-on approach without being overly intrusive and invasive into your child's life. Uh, and not only that, but Laurel Springs is accredited by the Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced ED, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. So it's not like you're going to awesome. go through all this and then, mm-hmm. oh, it's all wasted. Right. So if you're like us and you're kind of thinking about what's the best option for my child's education that I can have kind of a direct control in and optimizing a routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic. So your kids have more time to focus on the things they love. Then go over to laurelsprings.com slash house today and you'll receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash house for your waived registration fee. One more time, laurelsprings.com slash house. And with that, anywho, anyhow, mm. let's go ahead and um, jump into our prayer and okay, wait, study. I was going to ask real quick. So do you want to read all of John 3 and then go back and go through it? Let's yes, just, right? uh, let's, let's read and wanna, stop as we go. I think that's sure? a little bit more like, I mean, we've already read it I don't know, it when we do Bible studies though, like with Derry, he always, someone will always read the passage before we start the study. Okay, yeah, let's do that. Because then I'm just saying this more for like people who are listening. So that way you guys, as you're reading it, you can come up with questions or like get things stirring in your heart of like what. Yeah, you get a broader what, yeah, yeah, perspective yeah. of the mm-hmm. whole passage, right? Yeah, like yeah. that. Actually, okay. that's a good idea. I didn't think about that because we already did that in our own time. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's really helpful now that okay. you mention it, honey, because a lot of people might be driving or doing some other tasks. So it's better mm-hmm. that they hear everything. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. And you read because you know how I struggle with reading. Oh, that's fine. You do great, Especially in the Bible, because their names are so difficult for me (laughs) to pronounce. Okay, if I read, then you got to pray us in. (sighs) That's the the fair... Okay, sis. Extra spiritual Christian way. (laughs) Here we go. Okay. All right, thank you, God, again, for another opportunity for us to record an episode. Um, We're super excited about this one, and we pray that going through John 3... um, that this episode will help people understand that your word isn't scary. It's not something that's daunting. Um, Your word is your living word and um, everything that we need to know is in there, everything. And so I pray that this episode will kind of help people and guide them and just show them that it doesn't need to be something that's super intimidating. Um, I pray that you reveal yourself to us through your word as well. Uh, In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. That was beautiful. Thanks. It's always scary praying on air. <laughs> just saying. It's okay. It's not like tens of thousands of people are listening. <laughs> it's just you and me, honey. Okay. All right. Go ahead. All right. So this is John 3, starting at verse 1. What version are you reading? That is a good question. I'm reading the Christian Standard Bible. So I have uh, actually Dr. Tony Evans' study Bible. He's a pastor out at um, down in Dallas, Texas. One of my favorites. He's got a lot of great illustrations and analogies he uses, but he actually came out with his own study Bible not too long ago, and I've been loving it. He's got some great um, great commentary and perspective. So that's one more thing, too. Sorry, I know this is like really drag- dragging out now, but uh, you're going to want to gr- pick up a commentary, and we are going to link some down below. Um, I'm going to try to find as many as I can on Amazon. That, that way it's all in one place on the Amazon storefront for As For Me, My House. Mm-hmm. That way you guys can go check out some resources as you're studying the Bible and uh, kind of some things that we trust and have vetted or filtered or screened that we think are most beneficial for your study. So mm-hmm. um, I love Tony Evans' uh, study Bible, and he also has a commentary. And I also have one um, by J. Vernon McGee called Through the Bible. And these are by no means like the most in-depth, intricate, complex commentaries, but they will give you a lot of good perspective and background. So. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and jump in. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, meaning came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, 
for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be? asked Nicodemus. Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied. Truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you did not accept our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than the light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went to the Judean countryside, where he spent time with them and baptized. John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim, because there was plenty of water there. People were coming and being baptized, since John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples and a Jew about purification. So they came to John and told him, Rabbi, the one you testified about and who was with you across the Jordan is baptizing, and everyone is going to him. John responded, No one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but I've been sent ahead of him. He who has the bride is the groom, but the groom's friend who stands by and listens for him rejoices greatly at the groom's voice. So this joy of mine is complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from earth is earthly and speaks in earthly terms. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and yet no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has affirmed that God is true. For the one whom God sent speaks God's words, since he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life, but the one who rejects the Son will not see life. Instead, the wrath of God remains on him. That was really good reading. Wow. <laughs> good job, honey. That was good. Thanks. Okay, we have a lot to, to dive in here. Yeah, we're. this is by no means going to be like a complete, we've exhausted everything. No, no, this is, no, again, no. just us looking at... Reading it through, and as if you all are sitting here with us in our living room, and we're just reading over, sharing some thoughts, sharing some insight and wisdom from people a lot smarter and more learned than us mm -hmm. through commentaries, and just talking about it, you know, yeah. breaking it down so that, like Melana said, the Bible isn't this daunting, hard-to-understand book that we just get frustrated with. Mm -hmm. Okay, so verse 1 says, Now there is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus ruler of the Jews. So what does it even mean to be a Pharisee? Because I feel like people have mixed reviews of like the Pharisees are the evil people, but actually they were like technically the most like religious ones. They were the religious Jews that kept 
follow the law. So um, this guy, know, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. And Nicodemus, it says he was a ruler of the Jews, meaning he was some someone who had a lot of power and authority and wealth, right? He was mm-hmm. he had everything. He was a Pharisee. He was very disciplined and respected. He came from a distinguished family because in the Jewish r- religious system with the rabbis and the Pharisees, it was all about their their identity and them maintaining their Pharisaical status, right? Mm. So I think it's interesting that Nicodemus comes from the Pharisees, because the Pharisees were this group of religious people, right? That and you see this all throughout scripture. Jesus is interacting with them. They're, they're Jews, but they're very uh, conservative, very orthodox. They want everything to be completely by the book. And they have, you know, the 613 laws and commandments that you have in the Old Testament or the Torah. And, they've actually added laws around those laws so that they don't even come close to breaking those laws. Mm-hmm. For example, and I think we might've gotten into this on, a, on another episode, but the Pharisees would not even spit on the Sabbath mm-hmm. because God told them, you know, honor the Sabbath, keep it, keep it holy and don't work on the Sabbath. Right? So they said, okay, we're not going to do any work on the Sabbath. But just so we make sure we don't do any work, we're also not going to do this. And just so we make sure we don't do that, we're not going to do this. And so they're adding more and more fences and barriers around that one law. And so you're asking, Jordan, what do you mean by they don't spit? Well, they said if somebody spits on the Sabbath, that the moisture and the water from their saliva could potentially water a seed that's planted on the ground wherever they're walking and could cause that seed to grow into a plant. And then thus they just worked and planted and made a, a harvest of a, of a seed or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's very extreme, very out there. Like they would count the drips of water off of their elbows each time they did a ceremonial cleanse. Just so many rules and regulations, right? So this is where Nicodemus is coming from. Mm-hmm. He's coming from this group of religious Pharisees who are very notable, very respected and he comes to jesus right Mm -hmm. well okay so verse two says this man came to jesus by night and sent to him rabbi we know that you are a teacher from god for no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with them so he came to him at night i think that's interesting that's yeah remember like the, the holy spirit every single word is deliberately intended and designed there's no filler in the bible Everything is there for a specific reason. What do you think he meant by the Holy Spirit, meaning he? Why did he choose to add Nicodemus came to Jesus at night? Because, like, sneakily coming? He didn't want anyone else to see? Yeah, but why would that be? I don't know. He's a Pharisee, right? Mm. He doesn't want to be seen with Jesus? Yeah, because Jesus was seen as somewhat of a, you know someone against them like Mm. he's he's this radical coming to turn everything upside down Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm just speculating and again that's where a commentary would come in where you can look at someone else who's maybe pulled from some of that geographic and contextual data and they can say hey yeah this is probably one of the reasons why he came at night Mm -hmm. but then it says rabbi we know that you are a teacher and Mm -hmm. you kind of already touched on this but who's we because yeah. it's just him. So obviously he's standing for a group of people. So he was kind of like the, the one guy that had to go talk to Jesus because the whole group didn't want to go. Yeah, and I think there's even like a play on words here with this whole him coming at night because he was still metaphorically in the dark, even being such a prominent, well-known, respected Pharisee and leader and ruler of the Jews. Mm. He's still in the dark coming to jesus right Mm. maybe there's something there i don't know well later it does talk about the dark and the light yes okay it could be coincidence i don't think so i'm just saying it's worth worth uh mentioning so he's saying rabbi we know you are a teacher from we know you are a teacher from god yeah and no one can do these signs that you do unless god is with them yeah absolutely now i think it's interesting because like you said, honey, he's saying we know. 
as if he's speaking for a larger group of people. Now we don't we don't know if he's talking about a the entire entirety of the Pharisees here, mm. or if he's just talking about a smaller division or a smaller sect of Pharisees that Nicodemus was part of. Because you got to remember that the Pharisees were one of Jesus's opponents throughout the Bible. They were the ones who were trying to catch him and eventually put him on trial for blasphemy, right? For mm. claiming to be God. And that's what ended up getting him crucified is his claim to be divine, claim to be the son of God and, and yeah. God in the flesh. So when you look at these things, I think either Nicodemus is saying, he's speaking from just a smaller group, but saying, hey, look, we actually believe you. We are Pharisees, but we believe that you are the son of God. We believe you're the Messiah. And that's where he's coming from because he's saying, look, you do these miracles mm-hmm. that could not be done unless it were from God. But then you see elsewhere in, in the scripture, the Pharisees saying Jesus is only doing these works because he's possessed by the devil. Mm-hmm. So I think here Nicodemus ha- is a, truly a believer. He truly believes yeah. in Jesus and some that are his followers also. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, okay. So one thing that I thought was interesting, because then verse three says, Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, um, yours did not say that. So mine, every time Jesus says truly, it says it twice, but your translation only said it once. So yeah. I thought that was interesting because I feel like if Jesus is saying anything twice, that means like, listen up, my friend. Yep. I'm saying it. That verily, verily, or truly, truly yeah. is anytime you see that double emphatic, especially in the Greek, like, and this is, this is not even something you need to take Greek to understand. But it's like when you're saying something to really get somebody's attention, like you said, you know, hey, listen up. I'm going to tell you exactly like this is the absolute most important truth right here. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of that same idea yeah. of listen up here. This is going to be very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then it continues on. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see, see the kingdom of God. So I... A couple different things. What does it mean to be born again? Mm. Is he talking about being baptized? Is he talking about like how uh, Nicodemus says, like, do you go back into your mother's womb and you're reborn again, physically come into the world again? Yeah. Um, what What does that mean? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that's what this whole conversation with Nicodemus hinges on is what does it mean to be born again? Mm. Because I think it's funny where Jesus is having this conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus initiates it and he says, you know, you're a teacher from God. You do all these signs and wonders, right? So why would Jesus, right after saying that, instead of saying, oh, thank you very much, or yes, you've, <laughs> you've said you've said it, just as you said it, it is, right? Yeah. He doesn't say that. He says the very next thing that he says after Nicodemus, just, just after this, just before this said, you are a teacher from God because of all the works and signs and wonders you do. He says, I tell you truly, truly, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So what do you think is Jesus is getting at here? Because he's, he obviously knows our heart and he asks questions or directs conversation constantly. Every, every oh, that's instant. A, that's another thing I was going to say. Like, have why you would he noticed, say that? Have you noticed he never answers a question with an answer? He always answers a question with a question. There's only like a, a couple times that he does. And one of them in particular, if you want to, bookmark it or just make a mental note john 18 when pontius pilate the ruler the roman ruler over judea at that time Mm. he's questioning jesus and he has him in his chambers and he says don't you know i have the power to release you all you have to do is you know tell me what it is that you've done why are you here why are you on trial he's trying to figure out who jesus is Mm. and he says you know my kingdom is not of this world for if it were my followers would fight to prevent my arrest right and he says but i but i'm my kingdom is not of this world and then Pilate says oh so you are a king and jesus says you are right in saying that i am a king Mm. and then he says for this reason i was born and came into the world to testify to the truth this is something uh focus on the family did uh the the truth project and this is just a little tangent side tangent but you'll see where i'm getting to in a second they did this program called the the truth project phenomenal study it's all about having a biblical worldview versus a uh, a secular worldview and how the world has kind of polluted and contaminated even our christian thinking Mm -hmm. and this is all about realigning and understanding 
what does the Bible say about how we should live and in every sphere of life, whether that's politically, socioeconomically, within your family, all these different spheres of, of society that we function and live in. And so Jesus is saying, I've come to testify to the truth, which means that the truth is on trial, right? Mm-hmm. If you hear the word testify, you're talking about in a courtroom. So Jesus is testifying on the side of the truth, which means there are sides here. There's a side of lies and there's a side of truth. And so when Jesus is saying here, truly, truly, I say to you, he's saying I'm. there's a war going on right now. There's a spiritual war in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm that you're not seeing. And one side is saying you have to do all these things to be good. You have to not spit and create thousands of laws and thousands of rules I see. in order to okay. keep these. And he's saying that has nothing to do with mm. entering into the kingdom of heaven or being a, a teacher from God. Mm-hmm. But this is how you are saved. This is how you are born. Wow. It, you know? Yeah. So he's saying, truly, okay. truly, listen, verily, yeah. verily, I'm telling you, I'm testifying. Mm-hmm. It says, it's a lot simpler than you think it is. Somebody testify. That's what I thought <laughs> when I said testify. So yeah, um, okay. that's what he's saying here, I think, is he cannot see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. And I think, honey, you raise a great question because what does that mean, right? This mm-hmm. is the gospel. This is the the message of the Bible all hinged on this one thing. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying here is something that is impossible to do. Even Nicodemus draws out the obvious and he says, yeah. you know, how can this be? How can somebody be born again when he's old mm-hmm. or can I crawl back in my mother's womb and come out? He's thinking in very like practical, physical right. terms, right? Yeah. Like questions that I would ask. Hello. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's Explain all of us. to me, Jesus. Um, one thing that I thought was very interesting that Chuck Missler has said before many times is that nowhere in the Bible is there ever a mention of a cured or repaired heart. It's always replaced. Mm. Um, that comes from Ezekiel. Say that again. What? That nowhere in the Bible it says there's a mention of a cured or repaired heart. It's always replaced. Yeah. Like Jesus doesn't come to just fix us. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came Mm -hmm. to make dead people live. Right. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, honey. It's not, oh, yeah, let me just clean you up or do a little bit of behavior modification or just act a little bit better. It's a full. It's a heart transplant. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that, like you said in Ezekiel, he talks about taking the heart of stone out of us and putting in a heart of flesh. That's what we're talking about here by being born again, right? Mm-hmm. Given a completely new heart, a completely new nature. Yeah. And being completely transformed, right, as Paul says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so, so then he's asking questions. He's trying to understand, like, okay, so how what what does it mean? Do I have to go into my mom's womb and come back? And then again, here he said... Truly, truly, I say to you, uh, hold on, sorry, I lost my spot. Unless, someone, Unless mm-hmm. one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Okay, so right off the bat, when he mentions water, I think of getting baptized. Yeah. But not only does he mention water and he says, and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, uh, and again, we won't, this is, there's good people that, you know, are on both sides of this and. We're not here to debate amongst other Christian denominations or or sects when it comes to like baptism and things like that. I think that's another discussion for another time. But what I see Jesus talking about here when he says, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Water, again, is this picture. You don't see baptism until much later. At this point, baptism wasn't being, you know, the practice of, the you know salvation or necessary for what was it being used for it was a a ritual cleansing oh it was talking about purification okay because later in the verse they talk about getting all baptized right and again that's talk that's showing i've followed jesus i'm cleansing myself i'm dying to the like paul talks about this and before was it something that they would frequently get baptized not a once one and done well, the, this whole picture of water, I'm saying, because immediately as us in in our context, mm. we're, we see water and we think, well, baptism, yeah. obviously. But I think here, if we're staying true to their context and their, their area, and again, good people on both sides, but 
what he's saying here is somebody being born of water and the spirit talking about a complete cleansing, a complete renewal, mm-hmm. regeneration, right? Like Paul, Paul talks about this, you know, just as we are baptized in, in the baptismal waters, we are, it's a symbol of us dying to ourselves, drowning the old Adam, the old man, mm-hmm. and then being born again, just like Jesus died and was placed in the grave. So, and then he resurrected as like us getting baptized under the water and then coming back out. It's just mm-hmm. a picture of our salvation. Got it. Okay. So he's saying here, you know, the spirit being born of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. We are flesh. And he says this later, you know, what is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Mm-hmm. So we are born of flesh just naturally, right? Which means we all have this original sin, this inherent evil. Mm-hmm. We're not good people. We are desperately wicked. Our hearts are deceitful, right? Mm-hmm. So we are born into sin. And Jesus then, uh, you could see a, a line of logic and a pattern here that Jesus is unfolding when we get to this whole serpent, bronze serpent thing. And we'll get to that in a second. But he's talking about your flesh is sinful. So you have to be born again of the spirit. Mm-hmm. The spirit is the Holy Spirit of God, a new nature, a new birth, right? Mm-hmm. And so right here you see Nicodemus is questioning the possibility of the new birth and then what the process of that new birth is. Right. Mm-hmm. So how can this happen? How can this be? Can I go back into my mother's womb? So how is this even possible? And then what would that even look like? And then Jesus explains, right? Well, no, Jesus says, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. That's Jesus saying you dumb, dumb, you <laughs> exactly. are a teacher and you don't know these things. Yeah. He was funny. Would have loved to meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you will. yeah no that's exactly right there's these things that we just like read over and don't even think twice about but he's saying like really you're a teacher and you don't you're the smart genius like phd a xyz at the end of your name and you don't know this basic he's saying this is elementary stuff here this is Mm -hmm. basic you know doctrine 101 this is like the alphabet yeah um and then here we go again truly truly exactly where are you at? Um, which which um, verse? I was at 11. Yeah, verse 11. We speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept their testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly fi- things? Mm. So he's saying, look, if you can't understand, he's Jesus is drawing the analogy here. He's saying being born again is the process that needs to... is the analogy of the process that needs to take place in our hearts, right? We're all descended from Adam and Eve. So we all, all have this sin nature. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, we have to put off the old self as Paul, Paul mentions later in the epistles. We have to be clothed in Jesus's righteousness. We have to be exchange our sin for his righteousness. And that's what Jesus did, right? Mm -hmm. He was made sin for us who knew no sin that we might become and be made the righteousness of God in him. And that's 2 Corinthians 5.21. So understand, our, Jesus is completely separate and other than sin. And we are only sinful. Mm-hmm. Even our righteous good deeds, as Isaiah says, are like filthy rags. And the descriptive, the way that he, the word that he actually says in the Hebrew, to really paint this picture of how dirty these rags are, he says it's like menstrual rags or menstrual cloth, mm-hmm. like just the complete discharge and dirtiness of bodily fluid. Um, That's what like our good works compared to God. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, I have a question. I don't even, are you at 13 yet? Yeah. Okay. He said, no one has ascended into heaven except he who has descended from heaven, the son of man. Um, mm-hmm. And this may be like a stupid question, but... Because Jesus hasn't gone up into heaven yet. Obviously, he's still alive. So. Yeah, I think, and again, I'm just speculating here. Um, I don't have like a complete answer, but he's basically saying, look, I'm the only one here who but has the authority. they don't even know that. But they don't believe that. Right. He's trying to explain to them. He's trying to open their eyes. Why is it that he did all these miracles and signs and wonders? Was it just to get popular and to... Say like, hey, look how cool I am. No, it was all to point to validating what his message was, right? Okay. 
even the prophets back in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, Elijah, Elisha, all these people who did signs and wonders, it was all to validate their message that they were truly from God. Yeah. Otherwise, anybody could go around claiming anything, and that's why you got all these name it, claim it prosperity preachers saying, oh, I can heal you, uh, but it'll be, you know, I need your credit card information <laughs> first, you know. Thesis. It's sad, but that's the reality. So people are, that's why Jesus um, actually fully a third of the New Testament mandates us to test and discern and judge with righteous judgment, right? Like when Nicodemus says, we know you are a teacher from God. How does he know that? He's testing it, you know, by the word, right? Isaiah mm-hmm. eight twenty, Second John 10. We are to test people. We're not to just believe everybody and everything mm-hmm. that everyone says, right? We have to take them at their take take them at their word, but be a Berean and go back and see if what they're saying is actually aligning with Scripture. Because mm. if it's not, then they're a false teacher. Okay, all right. This is a juicy part, and this is something I completely overlooked until um, Jordan brought it to my attention. But then in fourteen, it says. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that he, whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Okay. So Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. That goes back to the old Testament. Yeah. It's come, it goes back to numbers 21 where it talks about this brazen serpent or bronze serpent. And if you go back to numbers 21, isn't the serpent representation of evil? Yes, the serpent all, all throughout scripture is a, a symbol of sin mm. or or evil, exactly. Okay. If you go back to Numbers 21, I think it starts at verse 4. Let me turn there real quick. But yeah, it says, uh, yep, verse 4, uh, this, this whole idea of this bronze snake. Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to bypass the land of Edom. But the people became impatient because of the journey. The people spoke against God and Moses, cursing them, blaspheming them. Why have you led us up from Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread or water, and we detest this wretched food. Then the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and they bit them so that many Israelites died. Hmm. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord so that he will take the snakes away from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a snake image and mount it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will recover. So Moses made a bronze snake and mounted it on a pole. Whenever someone was bitten, he looked at the bronze snake and recovered. Okay, that is not explained anywhere. And I'm holding, I'm literally holding (laughs) the pages of the Bible between John 3 and Numbers 21. It's like a good, depending on how big your Bible is, it's a good inch or so of like, tiny super thin pieces of paper and it's not explained anywhere it's just this little like weird bizarre story Mm. and why did god have it done this way why did god do this that way why why this why why bronze why a serpent why on a pole you know all these all these things that are later explained and fulfilled elsewhere in scripture that we see jesus fulfilled with If you ever have like a question or a conundrum in your mind where you're like, this looks contradictory or this looks like a mystery, I I don't understand this, look for Jesus. Look at where Jesus is. That was one of the things that we talked about um, with Stefan and our Mm -hmm. principles of understanding the Bible and how to study things. This is something where if you're looking for Jesus in this, where does this all fit in, right? Because like you said, honey, he brings up, just as Moses lift up the snake, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's an illustration of crucifixion. Yeah, and what was so weird about crucifixion that we were discovering when we were studying all this? That crucifixion was not invented until like many, many years later. Back then, they used to do stonings, not crucifixions. Yeah. So when he said this, it wasn't even a thing. Absolutely. So. Yeah, so when you look at these symbols and these icons that are emulating something, the serpent, like you said, honey, is sin. Lifted up is that same word used in the cross. Mm. Brass being a symbol of judgment a lot back in the Old Testament. Thus, the ser- the brass serpent is sin being judged. Mm-hmm. And that's where we see 
Jesus taking that sin on him, being made sin, as Second Corinthians tells us, hmm. and taking on that full weight of that. So he's saying, just as this happened, the people were bit. They had a condition that was killing them. Like we have sin that is killing us, our souls. And they looked at that serpent up on the pole, just as they look at Jesus on the cross or believe in him, we are saved as well from our sin. That's crazy. Like he, he ties it all together in this one random place in J- right. John three fourteen. Hmm. That's crazy. All right. Okay, so then this is John three sixteen. I feel like the verse that everyone knows. Mm-hmm. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yes. If you've been in the church for any amount of time, you've probably heard that verse at at some point. And mm-hmm. even if you haven't been in the church, you know, this is something that a lot of people see on bumper stickers, coffee mugs, T-shirts, that kind of thing. It's kind of like the entire merch. gospel story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jesus' merch right there. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of just all wrapped up in this one concise verse, but mm-hmm. I love what Chuck Missler says about this uh, on his video commentary on John 3. Actually, do you want to read it, honey? Because I think it's phenomenal. I actually posted oh, this on the okay. uh, As For Me In My House Facebook page, but I just love how he broke down every word and phrase of this. Mm. Okay, so it says, For God, meaning the greatest being, so the greatest degree. I don't understand that. Degree like... um so so much right like he loved us so much okay meaning oh oh, not just a little bit but so much okay okay so for god so loved loved being the greatest affection the world being the greatest object of love that he gave which is the greatest act his only the greatest treasure his only son begotten the greatest relationship son the greatest gift that whoever, which is the greatest company, Everyone. all of us. That doesn't, yep. That's not excluding anybody. Yeah. It's not like only this, these people or that people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Believeth the greatest trust in him, which is the greatest object of faith, should not perish the greatest deliverance, but have the greatest assurance, everlasting, the greatest promise, life, the greatest blessing. That's mm. crazy. Yeah. We'll post. Wait, did you? Where did you post this? I posted on the on, on, the, on the podcast uh, Facebook page. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was the Facebook page or our Instagram. We could post it on Instagram. I, yeah, too. I want to post this, and I also want to post a picture of the serpent. Ah, uh, yes. Because if you guys are visual learners like me, um, I always have to look things up. So, for me to see the serpent on the bronze brass the pole, pole mm-hmm. um. It was just a good visual for me. So Yeah, and one other thing I think was worth mentioning too is you see this symbol of a serpent on a pole in like World Health Organization and mm-hmm. medical councils. Like they they still use this symbol in their uh in their logos today, which I think yeah. is funny. They're borrowing from Numbers twenty one and John three fourteen. So mm-hmm. really fascinating. Okay. So then um of now around like nineteen, for me he talks about the light. So this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. Mm-hmm. This is literally our life right now. Yeah. Like people just gravitate and choose that path for everyone who does wicked things, hates the light and does not come to the light. Mm-hmm. So true. This, I feel like this right here is the description of being a Christian. This is why, so much of our sins, my sins, Melana's sins, all of our sin that we do is often behind closed doors, in private, in secrecy, because this idea of darkness and light, just as Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, mm-hmm. he's trying to come at undercover, very nonchalantly, very covertly, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't want to be found out by those other Pharisees who would blast like completely blast him if he was coming to jesus so yeah yeah i think this is a key and this des- describes our hearts we know that there's something wrong mm-hmm. with what we're doing in our conscience but because our hearts are wicked because of our sin we do these things and love to do these things right like it's not it's not so much we don't like to do this unless we're born again and then we realize wow i've been you know sinning against god this whole time 
And he's able to give us that new heart, that new conscience, that new identity to now where we have a choice to say no to sin. Yeah. And to yes to to obeying God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then next up kind of talks about the, after this conversation, Jesus and Jesus and his disciples um, went to go get baptized. And I thought it was interesting here because in my version at 24, it's in parentheses and says, for John had not been put in prison. I feel like this is the only time I've ever seen the Bible give you some type of background knowledge or be like, hey, John wasn't in prison yet, so he could still baptize people. Yeah. Is yours in uh, uh, in parentheses? It's not, but yeah, sometimes they they will do that. Like the the author will go in there and say something. There's a, That happens a few other times too. Like it'll say Simon, not Simon Peter or something like that. And it'll say mm. like t- referring to a different... Uh, or John, comma, James's brother, or quotes James's brother, something like that, so you're understanding who exactly is talk, talked about. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's just for the reader's uh, knowledge, I guess. Mm, okay. Yeah, um, so they're baptizing, right? And then a dispute, it says, happens in, in verse 25. And they came to John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, known as the forerunner, or the voice in the wilderness, as Isaiah prophesied about, to prepare the way of the Lord, to make it make way for Jesus to come. And this is who John the Baptist is. And they're basically asking, you know, everyone's going over to Jesus to be baptized, but what about you? I thought you were the one, you know. And he says, no, 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 I'm not the Messiah. I've been sent ahead of him, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gives this analogy of a bride and a groom. And he, John is saying, look, Jesus is the groom, and Paul ref- references this too, and this is very common in the, the Jewish culture of the bride and the groom and that, that dynamic and that relationship. And John the Baptist is just saying, look, I'm just the friend. I'm the best man mm-hmm. standing next to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm not the groom. He is, right? Yeah. And I'm rejoicing greatly to hear the groom's voice, to he- see that Jesus is actually here. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in competition with Jesus. It's like, well, it's not yeah, my followers right versus Right there, his. he says in verse 30, he must increase and I must decrease. This is actually mm-hmm. Jordan's favorite Bible verse. There's just such a uh, echo of humility here, I'd, yeah. I'd say, right? It's just, mm-hmm. he's saying, look, it's not about me being popular and, and getting followers. I've, I'm here to promote Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want my life to be too. Just like yeah. John. Um, The next note that I have isn't, is all the way down. It's the last verse for 36 that says, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's important too. Yeah. So this, this unbelieving, un, um, disbelief. Dis- disbelief is an active, not a passive, um, belief right yeah it's unbelief is active yes it's not it's like not a some one passive done. like i'm just choosing not to believe like that choice you're to choo- not believe is active you're constantly choosing it's willful disobedience against god mm-hmm. so it's not just like oh no i believe in this person no it's to turn away from jesus is to or to not believe in jesus is to completely rebel and be willfully disobedient against it yeah there's a quote from billy graham i don't know if jordan did you ever look it up no, but I remember you paraphrasing it. Okay. And the paraphrase I'm gonna was, post, got the point across. Okay. Well, I'll also post it because I want to make sure that we get it right. But Billy Graham says, the day that you decline Christ or the day that you reject him, reject him, your life is forever changed. Every day forward is forever changed. In, the, in a bad way, right? Yes. <laughs> Definitely yeah. not in a good way. Yeah. So this again comes back to it not being passive just in the same way that our lives are forever changed once we believe and receive yes. salvation it's forever changed equally as mm-hmm. opposite affected yep. and and changed right and that's mm-hmm. a, a great point too i think chuck missler makes this as well um everlasting life or eternal life does not simply mean like eternity later in heaven mm-hmm. the believer already possesses that life right now present day mm-hmm. today yeah it's the life of God in the believer. Hmm. So I think this idea of J- Jesus says later in John 10, 10, I've come so that you may have life and life to the full. He's talking about life now from now into eternity future. And that's why 
we have the ability to walk in the spirit, to obey God, to go to hard places, to have hard conversations with people, to take a stand for the Lord because we know one day we're going to stand before him and give an account for everything, right? Yeah. So eternity starts now for the believer, which I think is is a wild thought. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that wraps up John 3. Yeah, I think that, I again, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't by any means, like, exhaustive. Like, we could have definitely spent probably a year just in this one chapter. But I know. Well, honestly, that's every book, every, everything in the Bible. You can't really. exhaust it. You can't reach yeah. the, the end of it. Yeah. Um, yay. But yeah, that's kind of the... Uh, Did you guys like that? The thoughts that we had on John 3. And yeah, let us know what you guys thought too. Like if there's any other comments or insight. We're, this is something I think is great that we can carry over a conversation onto the podcast in, uh, uh, Facebook page. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. kind of continue. Like what did you guys see? What are some other things that we missed that you guys can bring to attention. You know, we're not looking to debate things here and there. We're just looking to facilitate discussion and all grow together in our yep. knowledge of the Lord. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, honey. Yeah. Thank you. Um, before we finish up today's episode, though, I would like to talk to you guys about our sponsor, Majuri. We talked about them recently. Um, they have ethically sourced fine jewelry without you having to choose between high quality and fair prices. And I am all about this. I love it. They have new exciting pieces dropping every Monday and you can change, um, you can choose from a range of timeless styles that you can wear from day to night and are versatile enough to be styled with pretty much everything that you own. Um, and sometimes those pieces are under, uh, under $150, but we're talking about 14 karat gold here. So these are like very high quality pieces that won't scratch easily. Um, Sterling silver, pearls, and even diamonds. So it's very low maintenance, but high quality. And the fine jewelry is precious, but you don't have to treat it like it's precious. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love this stuff. So head over to majuri.com slash house for 10% off your first order. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash house for 10% off your first order. Definitely check out their website. Their pieces are stunning and such good quality. So we will have that link down below for you guys. Um, but do you have our prayer request? Yes. This prayer request I actually found on Compassion International's Instagram page. And I was just scrolling through the other day and I saw the super cute looking little boy. I think he's like one or two-year-old, like a little, <laughs> yeah, little he's so baby. Cute. His name's Jimmy. And the caption reads, when Jimmy was born with Down syndrome, his family members rejected him, calling him a curse and a mistake. But now this one-year-old is seen as his family's greatest joy. At first, I didn't feel that he was a gift from God, said Lydia with tears in her eyes. I cried every time I looked at him and asked myself, what am I going to do with my baby? I used to think, what punishment is this that my son was born this way? But through our survival program, local church staff in Bolivia supported Jimmy and encouraged the new parents, giving them a different perspective on their son. They invested in Jimmy's health through stimulation exercises to improve his cognitive skills, and they provided him with nutritious food and medicine to stimulate his growth. They told me that Jimmy is a blessing and God has a purpose for him, says Lydia. It comforted me to hear that there's a reason God created him like this. Now, my son is very loved, not only by his siblings, but also by his father, who realizes he is a blessing for our family. I thought that was so sweet, and yeah, I would amazing. just love to pray for Jimmy, pray for compassion, pray for Jimmy's family. Okay. And did you want to pray, or you want me to pray for Jimmy? Um, You can pray. Okay. Well, I was just going to tell people that if they ever have prayer requests, to put it on the Facebook page or DM it to us as well. Yes, we don't always respond right away. But we are reading them. But yeah, we, we read them, we pray, and we just appreciate you guys so much for trusting us, for confiding in us, and for sharing your hearts with us because we know you guys are our spiritual family. And even though we might not meet you or get the privilege of meeting each and every one of you mm-hmm. now, we we know eternity's a long time. <laughs> and we'll get to see, we you see you up there in the party in heaven. So uh, we're grateful for that. And we're grateful for all of you guys that we get to meet here on this side of heaven. So yes. 
I'll go ahead and pray for Jimmy and okay. we'll wrap up. Okay. Father God, Lord, we uh, just praise you and thank you so much for the work you're doing in Jimmy and his family's life uh, through compassion. Lord, I'm reminded of the story where the uh, disciples were passing the man that was born blind and they asked Jesus, Father, or they said, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. And Jesus replies, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God would be displayed in his life. Lord, I pray that you just display your works mightily through Jimmy, through his family, through compassion, and that you would continue the great work that you're doing there in their lives. Give them strength, Lord, for those hard days that aren't always the greatest when it's, you know, Things look down and Lord, give them celebration and joy in the great times and the great seasons. So I pray that you just be part of everything, Lord. We thank you again for the opportunity to record this podcast and share our hearts and your word with others. Pray that you bless those listening and that they may be touched by your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, honey. Thank you guys for listening. We love you and we will see you in our next episode. Bye.